to another edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here and uh, live edition. And hopefully hopefully you're catching us on uh, our usual places, uh, live and direct here on YouTube, Facebook. Not sure if we're streaming on Twitter. Uh, trying to get that going right now, but having a little difficulties. Maybe our uh, producer can uh, get that squared away. But uh, we are coming live and direct after week number 10 of the HBCU football season. Got a lot to talk about as it relates to football, but also we got basketball right around the corner. So we will get into a little basketball talk a little bit later in this show. Special guest coming up in the bottom of this hour, Miles, head football coach Reginald Ruffin will be joining us as the Golden Bears will go to the SIC championship for the third consecutive year. Looking for a three-peat. As uh, Drew, you uh, got a chance to watch Miles. Do they look primed and ready for a three-peat? What do you say about that? Well, definitely if they play the second half like they played that first half, they definitely will look like a, a, a contender who can give Albany State a run for their money the second time around. We know Albany State beat them very handily the, fir the first time around. So, uh, and having watched Miles in the past, having watched them when they had those crossover games and then uh, ultimately the championship game, Miles has corrected issues in first game and beaten people when given the opportunity the second time around. So, let's not sell Miles short in this uh, upcoming uh, matchup on this particular Saturday, Brian. Yeah, um, you know, it's real interesting when I, when you go and look at uh, Miles, what I, you know, what I think, it, you know, it's a real interesting, this is, and this is what I'm curious to ask Coach Ruffin, it's a little bit different maybe than the previous two years. Uh, I know what, in 2019, for example, that team was uh, eight and two, I believe. Kind of, kind of ran the table almost in the SIEC. Just kind of doing a quick scan. Uh, no, they did have one loss. They lost to Central State. Um, and even in 2018, uh, 2018, that team actually uh, had a tougher road with uh, with tough contests at the beginning of the year. Actually, that team lost five in a row to start the season and then caught fire 
in the second half. So I'm curious to find out, you know, which one of the two teams previous years, uh, having made trips, would he say in the second half? This team is more comparative to. Yeah, and let's keep in mind this is the third year in a row that these two teams have met in the SIEC championship. You know, we spent so much time talking about uh, Fayetteville and Bowie with their with their three t- three times in a row. But right. keep in mind, Miles and Albany State will be beating for the third time, third consecutive time, and Miles has the advantage. They are at home once again. Now we know all okay. these they can beat them in Fairfield because that's what happened uh, about a month ago. They beat them in Fairfield, Alabama. But I guarantee you that the Miles faithful will be in uh, Sloan Stadium, hot and heavy for this particular matchup, Brian. Yeah, just to uh, recap, that game was played back on October second. Uh, so, you know, almost, uh, just a little over a month ago and, uh, you know, as as stated, uh, Albany miles got on the board first with a field goal middle of the, uh, first quarter after an 11 play drive. And then, uh, Albany scored in the second quarter and just kind of, uh, would, would score 31 unanswered through the course of that ball game. Uh, when you kind of look at the stats back in that ball game, uh, Albany outgained Miles two hundred four to one ten on the ground. Neither, well, both teams kind of were even in the passing. Uh, uh, Albany eighty nine yards, Miles ninety. Uh, so really, that that's where the, on the ground is where that game was won. Uh, Miles did have one fumble lost, and uh, both teams threw an interception, so, you know, it was really only one advantage on the turnover. Uh, neither team yielded very much defensively on third down. You know, Albany State was 4 of 12 on third down and 1 of 1 on fourth down. Miles was 3 of 5, 3 of 15, excuse me, with uh, 1 of 1 on fourth down. It, it was just red zone opportunities, you know. Uh, and that, that's basically what it was. You out you outrushed your opponent by about 100 yards. You got in the red zone five times. You were five for five in the red zone compared to Miles being one of one. So that uh, that was pretty much where the game was. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Miles has grown uh, because we've kind of seen Albany be who they be who they uh, be who they be <laughs> for lack of a. For lack of a better uh, phrasing, you know, they are who we thought they were. And so that's that's who Albany has been. So we'll talk to uh, Coach Ruffin about that. And then we'll also kind of – I was going to say one other thing about the the SIC championship game. You know, let's keep in mind, Miles has won the last two times these two teams have played in the SIAC championship game. And the last time somebody from the East won the SIAC championship outside of the year, I believe it was 2016, where 
Albany and Fort Valley played each other for some reason was 2013. Hmm. Okay. Right, so you know. the West, you know, we talk about that CIAA North being dominant. Let's talk about the SIC West being just just as dominant on on their level in in the championship game. Yeah. Um, before we get into talking a little bit about the rest of the action in the SIC and the CIAA, while we're uh, starting the show talking about the under D one, I gotta, I feel like we've got to mention our former number one team, Langston University, the Langston Lions. You know, they were, um, they've been number one practically. I almost want to say since day one when we dropped the rankings back in the beginning of October. Correct. And they lost last week uh, late in the fourth quarter, a game that they probably should have won, could have won. Then this week, just needing to get a win at home to secure their spot in the playoff, to secure a conference title, Langston loses 40-37 to uh, in overtime. The Arizona Christian. And, uh, you know, that pretty much seals Langston's, you know, uh, well, even though Langston hosts, they still have one more game. Uh, they host uh, Swagoo, <laughs> Southwestern Assemblies of God, uh, on Saturday. But they fall to 7-2, and 6-2 and two in the conference. And I believe they just surrendered back the conference lead to uh, Ottawa of Arizona, who I believe drew, I haven't looked this up, but you might be looking it up right at this moment, but I believe Ottawa has only lost once and that was to Langston. So two consecutive losses, uh, you know, had completely fallen out of the top 25. Just a, just a, dis- you know, you know what this feels like, Drew? This feels a little bit like FAMU, and their run in Coach Simmons' first year in 2018. Uh, there was a team that FAMU really wasn't expected to contend for the MEAC. Everyone expected North Carolina a t to do that. But FAMU had built up a lead by nature of beating North Carolina a t that, and then beating uh, Howard, I believe, is they went into maybe the last two or three, I don't know, actually they were going to Howard with a chance really to win the MEAC in in late October. And unfortunately, they lost the last three games of the regular season. They lost to Howard on the road, came home, needed to beat South Carolina State. They lost that contest. And then We're not going to talk about the last game. Yeah, and then they lost that last game. So they lost three games in a row, needing only to win one to secure a bid to the Celebration Bowl and a MEAC title that year, you know, that's what it kind of, this is what it kind of feels like. Um, that, that was my immediate thought. Any, any thoughts on Langston, uh, from, from your perspective? And I, while you're talking, I'll, I'll look up the uh, conference standards here. But I believe Ottawa has only lost once and that was to Langston. Is, is that you? Uh, yes. Yes. That, that, that is correct. Ottawa okay. has only lost at one time to Langston. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're off to a rousing great start here as we as we try to piece it all together here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. True. Talk I got, about I, I got issues going on. 
I got an issue going on with my PC. I'm trying to deal with it at okay. the same time. All right. I, 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 keep, I, appreciate I, keep, I keep getting feedback from somewhere, and I don't know if it's going out. Uh, whether you can hear it, but I hear it on my I can end, hear so I'm trying. To... I can hear it. I can hear it. So I mean, I, it must be going out. So it's uh, I don't know. That's why. That's why it's uh you know love live uh, live radio live TV whatever it is we're doing here. Uh, as I was looking up the Sooner Athletic Conference, but let's talk about some of the other action that occurred in the SIC and uh, some of the as the regular season pretty much comes to comes to an end in the SIC uh, with the, with the games from this past week, of course, uh, Kentucky state put up. Okay. So that's my phone. Is that my phone that keeps going off? That's no, not me on that one. All right. I thought I put this that's thing on silent. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good stuff here. Well, oh, while, while you do that, I'm going to shout out of uh, Orlando Jones who says, uh, Good evening, still riding high off the upset victory versus a good Shaw U program yesterday for its first win of the year. Falcons have a roster of 57 freshmen, so the future is bright. Yes, St. All in the CIAA pulled off a unexpected uh, upset. As uh, when I was going through the scores yesterday, you had a lot of what the F scores, especially when you look at the margin of victory in these so-called rival games on the last day of the year there, Brian. So uh, to see that everything else pretty much went to chalk except for this game on the Division II level. Right, yeah. You know, congratulations to uh, SAU. Um, does that make it? Where there there are no more winless teams is that is that correct? No more winless teams. I believe they were the last uh, winless team. And, I thought and, uh, in, in, in HBCU division. football. Well, in division no, you, two. you still have Lincoln, Missouri out there. Are they really? I thought Lincoln, Missouri had a no, had a win. Lincoln, Missouri does not have a victory. They play in arguably the toughest conference in Division two football. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, okay. and they've got so, but, like multiple teams in the top twenty-five in Division Two in their conference. But in terms of the CIAA, CIAA, yes, they were the last winless CIAA team. Okay, yep. Livingstone's got one win. Johnson C. Smith's got a win, and Saint Aug got their first win. Of course, Lincoln PA got their win, and so all of those schools finish. Anywhere from one and, and nine, eight, in one and seven. What's that? Everybody got a win in conference. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. same thing over in the uh, SIC. No, Central did not beat anybody in conference. Central got a win, but it was an out of conference win. Central beat okay. Lincoln of PA. Okay. Well, speaking of Central, sixty-three to nothing was the final score against Kentucky State. Um. Kentucky State, man, I, I don't know. They they don't have a realistic shot of getting into the playoffs, do they, Drew? I was, you know, I've been sitting up here. I've been looking at this numbers. You know, they have an extra game against Erkstein since they are not going to the uh, since they're not going to the SIEC championship game. A win against Erkstein will put them at seven and three. I'm looking at the uh, at the metrics right now. The problem with Kentucky State is 
they are only one and two against teams above 500. So their performance uh, indicator is not as high as some other teams that may be in front of them. One team we need to keep a look at with an outside chance would be Miles. Looking at Miles uh, possibly getting in, Miles at five and two in Division Two. Everybody looks at that overall record, but for the playoffs, they only look at your Division Two record. Uh, correct that. They are six and two in Division Two, with an opportunity to pick up a seventh win in the SIAC championship game. With, right, with because those early games at the beginning status, of the year don't count, right? Correct. With the preferred yeah. qualifier status, Miles may be able to backdoor in like they did. I believe that was 2019 when they backdoored in, or 2018. One of those years against Albany State where they 19. backdoored in. That was 19. Just to clarify, what you mean by that is their rankings, their rankings, when you say backdoor, their rankings were like ninth coming into the final week of the season. No, they were outside the top ten. They were outside the top ten going into the SIC okay. championship game. Okay. But okay. everyone knew they they were realistically sitting at that uh eleven, twelve spot. As a conference champion, all you have to do is get to nine. And you're okay. versus okay. a non conference champion has to be seven or higher to get in. Okay. That's and that's what you mean by backdoor. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a break. On on the other side of this break, uh, I believe we will have Coach uh, Ruffin, so we'll get a chance to talk to him about that, as well as the game last night against uh, Tuskegee, the season to date, and uh, the upcoming rematch uh, as the Golden Bears get a chance to go for a three-peat in the SIC. You're watching the BCSN Sports Show. With Brian and AD, we'll be back right after these words. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less. 
while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, cream bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. want to remind you, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, make sure you are subscribed to the Jericho Broadcast Network's YouTube page there. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you would. And then go ahead and give us a thumbs up if you're watching us there. And if you're watching on Facebook, please give us a thumbs up. Make sure you share this uh, broadcast. Any comments, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, you can uh, jump in on the chats or send us a tweet at mybcsn1 is also where you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app on your Google or Apple Play Store. Just search MyJBN or MyBCSN. Uh, Drew, let's just, before we jump over to the CIAA, put a bow on, I want to put a bow on the SIC. Um, the Albany State story uh, was, uh, honestly, as I said, I did not know about the young man from uh, Albany State um, who uh, Adonis Butler uh, had had tragically died um, until I was on Doc's show on Thursday. And so I know one of the things we talked about was what kind of emotions would be in that ball game. And I, given that he was a defensive player, I, I told them I would not be surprised if that team gets a shutout. Uh, lo and behold, they get a shutout against Fort Valley State, and they do one even better. They do it with a final score of 57 to 0. Uh, Adonis wore number 57. Um, I mean, unbelievable story there for a team who's having a great season to deal with that tragedy. Uh, how do you think this, I, it's hard to put into words, but we're, you know, we're in this position of trying to figure out, you know, the psyche of young 18 to 22 year olds and how they may play on the field. How do you, I didn't think that this would be the week that this would affect them. It may not affect them until the season is finally over, but what are your thoughts on, Albany State as they move forward into this championship game, still playing with heavy hearts, I'm sure. Yeah, and you're correct, Brian. I thought that well, when the season gets over and you get out of this routine, because you know when you have tragedy, the one thing you want to do is get back to your normal routine as fast as possible. So for them to get back out on the football field on Saturday, was probably much needed by that particular group. Uh, you know, it, it really helps that this 
It didn't happen early in the week. If this would have happened a Thursday or Friday, I think it would have affected them a little bit more. So they had an opportunity to deal with the initial emotion, uh, shock, and everything else uh, with it. Now, you know, they, they're coming off that high, that adrenaline high of that. So things may be different as they get into this game and, and a possible playoff run. And it looks like uh, we've got Coach Ruffin on. Uh, did I, do I see that correctly? Coach Ruffin, are you there? We may just have audio for you, Coach. Yeah, I'm here. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're, we're doing like well, on the Coach. Bus or something there, Coach. <laughs> How's your how's your signal? Are you hearing us okay, Coach? Can you guys hear me? Kind of choppy there. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a little choppy. We can hear you. Can you hear us? I'm not sure. Let's see. Uh, so what now? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we're just trying to find out if you can hear us. We we. Yeah, Roy, let's see if our producer Roy can we uh, can we back channel here and and get with Coach and kind of figure out what kind of uh, see maybe we can do an audio only thing with Coach. Maybe if we go that route. Let's see what our. Our, the wonder our, our, our super producer can do in the background. I, we're trying to see coach if we because I, I don't know if you can hear us. It doesn't it doesn't look like he can hear us. I believe he can. Coach, we just need you to dial the number I just text you. This, 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 uh, Brian, this this is a uh, audit live uh, podcasting. Let's see if we can take a break and get this uh, get this straight. Uh, well, so I, that we put out all the product. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that if our producer wants to just send us back to a two channel, and then we'll come back in with Coach when he dials in. We can even go that route. Yeah. All okay. right. So we'll, I'm sure we'll hear that. We'll hear Coach dial in here um, on the audio. So uh, finish. Did you have any thoughts you wanted to finish on Albany State? Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say is, uh, you know. You had that first high, that first adrenaline of that first game with, without your fallen comrade. This week may be the week where it, 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 it may affect you, but as a player, all you have to do is think about it, it is a player who's out with a ACL or a high ankle sprain or something like that, where you know they're done for the season, next man up. That's, that's all these kids can do in this situation. And then once the season's done and it, and everything uh, slows down, that's when I think it will really hit them when they start that off-season program that their brother's not And that there. sounds cold. In the, I'm in not the gonna program, in the, weight, in the weight room with them. That sounds cold. So, I mean, I, I Drew, you're, what you're saying, there's a little bit of truth to that, and I don't want anyone to think, oh, man, it's, it's deeper than that. No, we, we understand the gravity of – 
what has happened and that a life has been lost. And there may be some players who can't, who, who aren't able to process and deal with that. I mean, obviously there are things bigger than football happening right now for the young men at Albany state. Um, but I mean, in terms of, you know, I, I've heard former athletes talk about being able to comp- compartmentalize things. And I think that's what you're talking about when you say being able to talk about it in turn, not, not really talk about it, but put it in a box similar to what you might put into a box as if you're losing a player to a season ending injury. And, and that sounds cold. That is very, sounds very cold. Some players will be able to do that. Others may not. And that's, that's what the, coaching staff is going to have to deal with and and that and they're doing that every day I'm sure is a challenge and there is every day that they go into that locker room and maybe walk past his locker and don't and I, I mean I can't even I can't even if I can't even imagine you know uh, so but but those who have experienced the loss of a friend a family member a teammate you know what these young men are going through and everybody goes through it differently so um, I did want to mention just kind of you mentioned that that that's a shutout for Albany State. That is now the let's see one, two, three, four, five, possibly the sixth. And I think that five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. Let's see if that's Coach Ruffin there dialing in. Coach Ruffin, are you uh, are you there? Are you on with us? Let's see. Try, try again. It's Coach Ruffin. Are you there with us? Let's go to break. All right. So let's do this. We we're gonna go to break. <laughs> we're gonna come back, uh, and uh, we hope to have Coach uh, Reginald Ruffin on with us after this break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. <laughs> The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon, so now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources. And So, Drew, let's move over to the uh, CIAA for a minute uh, because uh, things took an ugly turn during the historic contest between Johnson C. Smith and Livingstone. And if anyone has seen any of the videos, um, it was a pretty ugly incident. I, I follow, if you follow Chris Ferguson, D2K Ferg, uh, I know Chris had some videos that he retweeted. Um, pretty ugly incident. The game was ruled a no contest by the CIAA. Um, neither team really was at, you know, you're playing for pride. You're playing for the history of this program or this game and its significance in black college football. And it kind of ended like that. Uh, Drew, what are your your thoughts there as that game took an ugly turn there in the third quarter. I have not seen the video specifically or the clips that you're talking about. I did see the one video I did see was when the uh, young man was running out to plant the flag in the middle of the field. Uh, I guess that's a tradition for them. And another incident broke out, uh, I think almost broke out, almost broke out. I don't think one actually, I don't think one broke out, you know. Yeah, um, but, uh, but yeah, that was the only video that I was uh, able to see. I was looking for some videos this morning, did not uh, see the rest of them, but we've seen the CIAA come down hard on these programs during incidents such as this, I believe it was 2012 or 2014, when they canceled the championship game because of the incident at, uh, I believe it was the night before, or uh, something along those lines. So we've seen the CIAA punish these teams uh, accordingly. And for the seniors, for this to be your final memory on a football field, not good. Not a good memory. You know, this would – have to rank up there with those seniors whose final me- memory was 
being called off the court due, due to COVID concerns in uh, 2020. So, you know, it's not good. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not playing the blame game here, but when you've got 120 athletes on the field plus, plus coaches, I don't care how much security you have in the stadium. It's not, it's never going to be enough. Number one, the police officers who are there are really not there to police what happened on the field. They're there to police incidents in the stands, around the stadium, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and they had those, usually every university has the appropriate level of security for that. You do not have the appropriate level of security to police that and deal with on-field incidents. So uh, it's a tough situation. But head coaches, athletic directors, campus security, presidents, all need to be called to the table to find out where the breakdown was in this event. What did we not do so that our players walked away from this incident and the two or three individuals who initiated this uh, could have been dealt with accordingly. But no, we let our emotions, and football is an emotional game. You get into it in the any competition, you, you get into it. But we've got to do better with our our emotions because this is this is the story now. We should be talking about Bowie Fayetteville three. That should be our number one story out of the CIAA. The the, the number two story out of the CIAA, and it would be the story that we would have had some fun with, was some of the outrageous scores that we saw from some of the games. So, uh, yes, Sneaker Shop Talk, it it, it was a fight and something, not or something. It was and something. So, uh, you know, but now this is our lead story with Championship Week coming in. Well, it doesn't have to be the lead story, Drew. We talked about with the CIAA. Oh, that's because you No, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Don't do that. I because, said we had to talk about doing a break. You led with it. Wow. Okay. All right. That that's 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 on me. That's on me. You, <laughs> you I, I did bring up. You're you're right. You're right. That's on me. Uh, no, we did we did mention. Uh, okay, I got you. I got you there. You 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 set me up for that one. Okay, I got you. I I wouldn't have talked about it because it was you know two two one in whatever teams. I mean. You know, and and but but I will say, since you did talk about it, this is the second security-related thing that's happened, and I think, as you said, uh, not only those schools, Florida A and M as well, they need to all have sit downs in the off season and analyze how their security is handled and. How to? How can we prevent or limit that type of situation from happening? It doesn't have to be that way, and I and I, and I say that because 
people will say, well, oh, it's just because it's homecoming or, oh, it's just us. It doesn't have to be that way. I want right. you to understand that, right? It does not have exactly. to be that way. We allow it to be that way. And so when things break off and happen, like the distraction committee or other stuff, then, you know, you look bad, but you could take measures and be more professional in how you handle security concerns uh, so that your visitors, your your other team, so that you actually have a contest. Yeah. You know, it, it's correct. I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there uh, some reports of things being hurled at the 100 in Baton Rouge uh, th this weekend? And when you talk about past sec security issues, uh, I, I think back, I, I believe it was, I think it was Winston-Salem Central earlier this year where there was an incident outside of the stadium where they could not let people outside the stadium because of the incident outside the stadium because there was gunfire or something along that happened during during the ball game so you know not only our security plans within our facility but in the immediate area surrounding the game also need to be evaluated with local police sheriffs or whoever need to do it because i hope it does not take someone get tragically losing their life on the campus of hbcu or any campus, really, at a football, basketball, whatever event, and we and they lost it because we did not take the extra steps, security-wise. We did not put the financial investment that we needed into to secure everything, especially in the times that we live in today. All right, um, let's put a bow again rematch number three will be happening in the CIAA championship between Bowie State and Fayetteville State um, you know both teams is uh, let's see if I kind of look at the standings here for both teams uh, Bowie State finishes the regular season 9-1 and 7-0 and oh in the conference they won nine games in a row they lost that first game of the season to Delaware State and have won nine since uh, Fayetteville State, 9-1, 7-0 in the conference. Their only loss comes to against Wingate. I believe that was back uh, week two or three, somewhere in there. They lost 40-21. to um, Both teams on the NCAA level are two of the top-rated defenses. Top-rated defenses. Looks like we got a caller. I wonder if this is Coach Ruffin. Give this uh, one more shot. Hello, Coach Ruffin. Hello, Coach Ruffin. All right. Well, you know what? I think we're going to have to try to uh, work on uh, – maybe we'll have Coach Ruffin on our show on in the midweek, Drew. We, we you know, we the power of live – uh, has not worked out for us today. So I think we'll just kind of, we're, we're going to table. 
I think we're going to take, I, you know, I don't know what's going on anymore. If, it's, get, it's if it gets on within these two albums, we're going to take them. Other than that, we, we just continue on with the show. It, it, yeah, at this point, it's a cluster. So we'll just, I mean, hey, if it, we, we just gonna, <laughs> I, I'm just hoping, you know, hey, we'll, we'll, it, we'll, look, we'll try to get Coach Ruffin in. If we don't get him on today, hopefully we can get him on later on in the week as sort of a preview to the uh, SIC championship game. We may even uh, reach out to Coach uh, Giardina and uh, try to have him on as well. And then maybe we'll, uh, if we can, try to get uh, Coach Wilson and Coach Hayes from uh, Bowie State and Fayetteville State, respectively, try to get those two coaches to uh, spend some time with us. Um, All right. Any other takeaways that you have from the under D1 level, Drew, before we kind of move forward how about our rankings what do you think any what is the potential shakeup that uh, we might look for in our rankings well i'll quickly go over the results from uh some of the uh, other conferences so that we can see how they affect uh the top four teams in super region two uh, valdosta state one Bowie state one Albany State won, and I do believe West Florida won. Let me, I'm, I'm double checking there. Let me ask a question. Let yeah. me ask a question. West Florida, West Florida defeated uh, number number four. West Florida defeated number seven, West Alabama, which should give Savannah State an opportunity to move up quickly. Uh, I'll finish up with the other top team. And Savannah State won. So, by the way, many people may not know this. Savannah State, even though that game started at 9.30 p.m., uh, you know, and it was not a West Coast game, uh, that was an East Coast <laughs> game. Savannah State won 24 to nothing over Edward Waters. So, just to let people know that. Yeah. Uh, finishing up with the uh, let's see. Hold on, Drew. Hold on, Drew. Look who we got. Hold on, Drew. Look who we got. Is that Coach Ruffin? Hey, it's me, guys. Drew, I'm on now. Tell me you hear me, Drew. <laughs> I got you, brother. Coach Ruffin, how you doing, sir? Thank you guys, man, for having me, man. I finally get a chance to get on the show after you guys just keep me just keep me absent. Don't want to get me on the show, man. Thank you guys so much. Because <laughs> we, we were, we were safe for a special occasion. We, we yeah, wanted exactly. to make sure that you – Hey, how they say how the West was won. So we had when we had that episode, how the West was won. We wanted to bring you on to tell us how the West was won, uh, Coach Ruffin. Uh, third year in a row that you've won the West. So, and, but this year was probably the most trying of the of the three years. Uh, it it seems like just, just kind of give us a recap of the season and how you were able to get this team back to this point where they get a chance once again to compete for the SIAC championship. Hey, well, the biggest thing is don't play a lot of FCS schools early on where you lose half of <laughs> your team to injuries. Uh, you know, we out, started out with Alabama State and then turned around, played Southern, and lost so many guys, man, for either for the year or banged up and, and uh, you know, just didn't get healthy. And uh, we went through, matter of fact, the lane game with our – fifth screen quarterback started that game. Um, so we've been banged up and hurt. Uh, you know, the Albany State game was real physical. 
after being, you know, banged up and beat up against the uh, Southern at the Southern game. So uh, it's about resilience, man. And I always say the team that's the healthiest team, the team that's you know what I'm saying that that has an opportunity uh, 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 to be healthy at the end of the year or the later portion of their schedule. Uh, normally have a chance to compete and be in the contention of a championship. And I think Albany has done that uh, on the east side. I think they remain healthy. I don't think they had any issues. Uh, we got beat up against that Albany uh, in the first game, uh, a lot of injuries, and we went down with our fifth-screen quarterback against Lane. As a matter of fact, the Benedict game, we were set down to our second-screen quarterback, and he got hurt and out for the year with a collarbone uh uh, so uh, a break and the third screen guy came in through a pass and hurt his knee. And the fourth screen guy actually led us on the three touchdown drive against Benedict. We didn't hold up to win that game. And then that Monday morning, he tested positive for COVID. So then that was the fourth screen guy. So he was out. So I had to go down to the scout team and get the fifth screen guy and say, Hey, you up. It's your call. You got moved up to the major leagues. And, uh, and that guy did a good job and he had, he hadn't been back. He's been injured, but we've been blessed to get the starter back and get the four-screen guy back. So uh, those are our two guys right now. Coach, wow, you've done an amazing job of recruiting. How about that? Hey, anything, <laughs> you've done an outstanding job of recruiting. COVID, yeah. COVID guys. COVID, you mean we had the year off, so they had a chance to have two recruiting classes. So COVID. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Before I turn it over to Brian, uh, Coach, I uh, got, got a question. You brought up uh, – playing those uh, big boys early, all those FCS teams. Uh, a lot of people may know, may not know, you not only serve as head coach, but athletic director. So I need you to put on both hats when I ask you this question. Give me the athletic director's uh, answer first, and then give me the coach's hat first uh, answer. Okay. When you go out and put your schedule together and go out to seek these FCS uh, schools. Obviously, we know there's a financial gain to your program and the university for uh, for playing those games. But, Coach, where is the balance between, yeah, we need, we need the, this money to help fund football and fund other uh, programs, but we need to win also, and we need our top guys ready during the conference season. So where is that balance when you go out and try to schedule those games and when, when you strategically play them and those different things that go into that, uh, both as an athletic director and as a football coach? Well, you know, as an athletic director, you want to always have an opportunity uh, to service all your athletic department's needs for us, uh, especially agenda equity, uh, for your non-revenue sports, uh, volleyball, you know, uh, uh, softball, uh, more of a, for scholarships. Uh, when I play those uh, games as an AD, uh, we call them money game or game guarantees. When you play those, you get a chance to to do things for the athletic department that you normally can't do based off budget, uh, division two, your limits, your budgets that, that you're given, and you have a shortfall. And so your your fundraising skill normally comes with uh, maybe playing a few guarantee games or, or, or a guarantee game. The schedule is set up in our conference where we start out the first three games of non-conference and then week four through week 10 or your uh, your conference game in week 11 is your uh, conference championship. That's where it's been set up uh, in our conference. So we had an open date for the first three weeks uh, to get a chance, and, and we had a chance to play Alabama State where we got a significant uh, payday or a guarantee for that game, and then we got a significant payday and guarantee for the Southern game. Uh, but as a head coach, there's a cost to that. And that cost is, you know, they got more scholarships. 
you know, their budget's a lot bigger, uh, uh, more athletes, and, uh, you know, and, and, and you can get beat up a little bit and um, get guys injured, hurt. Uh, but that's enormously expected. Uh, for me, it was more, I guess, our guys getting injured or hurt um, because of COVID. We've been off a year. Uh, you know, their body's not as in tune, uh, you know, being off with that layover as if they were uh, uh, just coming off a, a regular season. So, you know, we've been off almost two years. And so uh, we were trying to get back in rare form. And uh, some guys got, got just, just injured off, off tackling or uh, wasn't anything that the other team did. It was just something that just like freak accidents that happened. But but we have a chance. And, 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 and Drew, you got a chance to come to Miles, you know, with the new turf, with the new track, the new locker rooms, the locker room, you know, with the lockers in the locker room, the flowing, um, the all the cosmetics, the uh, men's basketball locker room, the women's basketball locker room, uh, the gym has been painted, the new gym floor, the new bleachers, you know, everything. And because we had the COVID, we were able to do all of this because of the guarantees. And that's money that goes around for the whole athletic department. I'm not a selfish guy because I am the AD and I have to support all athletic programs at my Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing that, Coach, and and that uh, um, that that's a, sort of I'm glad Drew asked that because that's where I was I was curious about. But let me go to the schedule. Uh, you know, as I'm looking at the West, the West uh, from for, from our perspective as people who you know cover and and watch, um, it was an exciting season in the West. Uh, probably uh, maybe. Um, difficult, probably from your perspective. I mean, because every week was a challenge. Um, describe, is this one of the most balanced years that you've seen in the West where, you know, uh, you had Lane, Kentucky State. I mean, at one point, uh, there were four teams with, I believe, what, two losses or one loss where we were really trying to figure out how this was going to shape out at the end of the year. Uh, talk a little bit about the competition in the West this year, maybe compared to the last few years on your run to a title. Well, you know, it's always uh, it's always tough, you know, in SIC, whether it's East or West. But, you know, the West, you know, when you have the Tuskegee, uh, the Lane College, I think Coach Byron Brown has done a great job at Lane College. And Coach Char- Charlie Jackson has done a real excellent job at Kentucky State. Man, that option is really uh, tough to handle. And I know Tuskegee is down. Um, a little bit Central State, you know, uh, uh, when we played them, I think their coach resigned maybe a week after we played um, them. But, you know, you look at the, the upbringing or the upcoming of this conference, uh, week in and week out, everybody's going to get everybody's best shot. Regardless, you the, you're the king of the castle or you're on the mountaintop, everybody is, is, is gunning to knock you down. And that's what's the same thing with this in the West. You know, we're all vying for opportunity to play for the – the SIC championship, and every week we got everybody best, man. We got everybody best every week. And it was no different Saturday with Tuskegee. The first half, we got everybody best shot. And in the West, if you look at the West, you just got a lot of teams that, that's a, that's grinders, a lot of teams that's hungry. It's been a while since Kentucky State played for the conference championship. Lane having a new coach, new coaching staff. Uh, they, they brought a lot of energy, what they did offensively, what they were doing. Uh, you know, what he's done with that program. And then, like I say, uh, you know, Tuskegee, uh, they were in that hunt for a minute too. And that they came down to the Kentucky State game. And that could have been a, a, a West Division uh, title game 
this past Saturday with Tuskegee and Miles, if Tuskegee could have handled uh, uh, Kentucky State um, the previous week. And so, you know, it, it's just the, the tale of the West. And and it's tough, man. You look at the East, it's totally the dominance of uh, Albany State. And then you got Savannah uh, that's faltered right there against Albany. Then you got Morehouse that took mm-hmm. Albany State you know, to the limits, man. And it's just, you're going to get everybody best shot. This is a conference, and I do hope we get uh, multiple teams into the playoffs, which I feel that should happen in 2021. And uh, just, just speak volumes of, of our conference, guys. Let's what? talk about those playoffs. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I, uh, go, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. I'll say, let, let's talk about the, those playoffs. You've got Albany State sitting currently at number three. Savannah State currently at number nine. They'll probably move up to uh, eight with the West Alabama loss. And then you've got two other HBCUs. Well, Bowie, Bowie State's number two, another HBCU. We want to give them love. But you've got two other HBCUs who are probably sitting right outside the top ten in Fayetteville. And looking at you, looking at you guys and your ranking. You're probably right there with a six and two division two record, if I do have your division two record correct now after uh yes, sir. after this past yes, Saturday. So obviously you've got to win. Gotta to get to that number nine spot as a preferred qualifier, which I believe is how you got in uh back in twenty nineteen. But what what I I guess I want you to talk to the committee. Talk to us like we're the committee. Why should why should Miles get bumped up? to get into the playoffs uh, this particular year? Why why should they even consider Miles? Well, when we have the opportunity for what we've done, played in, uh, played two FCS schools to start off and been when very competitive against two FCS schools, uh, you know, even though that doesn't count, it doesn't count towards the qualifying division two, uh, but the making the mark that, that we had, uh, Albany State team, we lost to a good Albany State team. That that you know just ranked high, and uh, and then we had a loss to a, a good Benedict team that which is five hundred. Um, also done a great job, and and to take the injuries that we had, and to come back and battle back and fight back, scratch, crawl and scratch, and get back and um, do the things. And we've been champions. We've been champions in the past. We back to back defending champs, and um, got an opportunity to play for our third consecutive SIC championship. And if we're fortunate to do that, you know, that, that speaks volume to win a championship three consecutive years in a row. So uh, you always should take a champion, you know, no matter what 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 level, take a champion. What is uh what's preparation week like for you? You you've done this two times before. Uh you've come out you well actually you've done this four times. Three, times three or four, four times. times. But yeah, most recently you've done it uh Four. I thought that's right. Four times before. So and at one, you've won two or three of those four, correct me if I'm wrong. We've done this. We've done done it five times and we won it four. Okay. Okay. So so my question then goes into the preparation. What is this week like? Anything different from those previous trips or anything that you took away from the successful trips that you're gonna uh, do this week? Uh, you know, guys, the only thing I can do, the only thing I can tell you guys is I go back uh, for my, I call my upbringing, playing at the University of North Alabama. We won three consecutive national championships, Division II national championships in a row. So I tell our kids, you know, 
you get an opportunity. These guys that's on this team that hadn't won a championship, hadn't been a part of a championship culture, hadn't won a championship, whether it was high school, middle school, junior high, now you get a chance, an opportunity to play for a championship. You know, hey, is nobody hurt, nobody injured? Hey, you got to go. You got is 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 all out. All I want is all you got. And so these guys are really fired up. You know, they wanted to be in the office, but this is their off day. I was just so impressed about these guys, their motivation. Uh, for us to come back in resilience and battle back. So preparation is for us, the coaches. It started early this morning. And, you know, we're just going to treat it just like a regular game, but it's a championship game. And we got to have a championship, uh, champion mentality. So our kids understand that this coach, we're playing a great Albany State team that really uh, did a good job against us the first time, uh, you know, and, and, and we understand our mistakes that were made during that game. And we got to make sure we minimize our mistakes against a good team. Uh, such as all over the state, and we're going to let the chips fall where they might. But our kids are really, really geared up. they up for this game. It's a championship, guys. Uh, I was a part of the three last three-peat in the SIEC at Tuskegee as a defense coordinator, and now we got a chance to do the same thing. As I'm the head coach at Miles College, so I've been a part of that. So um, as a player, <laughs> as a coach at Tuskegee, and now as a head coach. So I've been a part of a lot of three-peats, and so – um, that's that's our motivation for our kids. Well said, well said, Coach. Well, and and you got Albany State coming back to your place, so uh, you're at home, and so you get the familiarity of of being at home and the kids sleeping in their own beds and and doing all that good stuff. So, uh, two p.m. Saturday uh, at uh, Sloan Alumni Stadium, the three peat, the rematch, uh, Albany State Miles three is what we call it, the uh, the quest for a three-peat. Uh, Coach, good luck to you guys. Uh, stay healthy this week, and uh, we wish you all the best, and we look forward to, hey, we may be talking to you again next week, getting ready for the playoffs. So uh, good luck to you, your players, and your staff. Thanks for taking time out this evening. Thank you, guys. And you, and you didn't have to do us like that yesterday, Coach. Oh, <laughs> uh, there we go. There we, there we go, Drew. There we go, Drew. That Drew just Drew and Ken are the two nemesis. When he talked to Ken Wood, Drew and Ken, they just got something against me, guys. They just got something against me. No, I, 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 I love you, Coach. I love you. Three hundred sixty-four days a year. It's just that one day where you're not my friend, man. You know that. That one day, that one day, bro. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. Yes, love sir. you, Drew, man. Love you guys. Coach Reginald Ruffin joining us. We'll be back right after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net. And on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. 
HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Want to remind you, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. And uh, download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app on your Google or Apple Play Store, MyJBN, MyBCSN. If you're listening to us on the BCSN Pod Zone or on the BCSN Sports Wrap, Uh, Make sure you are subscribed so that way when new shows get uploaded, you will get those. And of course, on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure to give us a thumbs up on this show. Let's finish off the football conversation. Uh, We did want to get into talking about some basketball because the start of the basketball season in the Division I level is uh, starting this week. A lot of the Division IIs, NAIAs, are already uh, started. They, they start a couple of weeks before Division One, So we got some full schedules to talk about. Um, so, Drew, let's kind of go big takeaways. Uh, let's start in the MEAC. What, what's uh, one big takeaway from anything that you saw in the MEAC games this weekend? I don't know what's the bigger takeaway, the fact that Morgan got its first win or the fact that Norfolk got its first loss. Well, you know, Norfolk State had won (laughs) six in a row. Um, Morgan had lost eight in a row. And and, and Morgan got a dominating win over Delaware State. Delaware State, yeah. 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 Whereas South Carolina State, I mean South Carolina State, Norfolk State lost in double overtime on Protect Your Homecoming, which Central did <laughs> at, at North Carolina Central. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, Norfolk State, what, had a 21-point lead, and then uh, Central rallied to score 24 straight before 
Norfolk State would uh, tie the ball game up, forcing it into overtime. And then, of course, the dreaded double overtime. Now, I thought the rule about – third, third overtime when you have to go for two. Well, no, you know what? I think the third overtime is just two-point plays. Like, that's how – because, uh, yeah, that's a little tweak in the rule. I, I think – um, First overtime is straight. Second overtime, two-point conversion. Third overtime, alternating twos. Yes, yes. So, second overtime, Norfolk State scored first to go up 36-30. Missed the two-point conversion. Central scored 36-36, but Central converted on their two-point conversion uh, there was 10,000, uh, 10,027 fans at O'Kelly Riddick Stadium for homecoming. And, um, you know, all credit to North Carolina Central, who who now, look, Drew, they put themselves right back in the mix because uh, with South Carolina State winning 15 to 12, it really now, South Carolina State is the only unbeaten. Uh, you know, the week before, they beat Central by three. So it, it now rests in the hands of, you know, Central did a good job of keeping themselves in the mix as they play Dell State. Or excuse me, they play Howard and Dell State next, Central does. <coughs> Norfolk State has Delaware State on the road and then South Carolina State. So wouldn't it be befitting for the BAC for Norfolk Central and South Carolina State to be co-champions? Because that seems like that's the BAC's uh, forte where they've got multiple people tied at the top and then have to go to a tiebreaker because all three in order for that to happen, uh everyone will have lost to everyone else in that little three team round robin. Wouldn't yeah, that be so, befitting for the BAC this year? So in order for that to happen. Norfolk would have to beat South Carolina State. Correct. And then Norfolk's and then South Carolina State has beaten North Carolina Central. Correct. North Carolina Central beat Norfolk State. Yeah, so there's your Correct. there's your th- top 3 team scenario and I have completely forgotten how the MEAC does their tiebreakers. So yeah, anybody you know has a shot at it then in terms of overall right I don't know if it's highest rankings. None of those teams are really highest rankings. I think that goes down a little bit later. I think they do something about record versus other teams first or something like that, which they will be all the same because they will have defeated the other teams uh, in in the right. conference. And I don't, I don't know what the tiebreakers are after that. You could have a, you know, South Carolina State takes on North Carolina A&T as their last non-conference game this upcoming Saturday, which is uh, which is why you which is why the setup for Norfolk to defeat South Carolina State is very real. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, Norfolk State drops to six and three now. South Carolina State is sitting at five and four, and Central is only four and five. You know, so I, I think I have those numbers right. Uh, in terms of uh, one loss. So it's, uh, 
I don't know. It just it just feel you know, this doesn't feel like a good year for the MEAC regardless. We, we could potentially have a six and five team representing the MEAC in the celebration bowl. You very well could, yes. Yes. You could have somebody with only six wins going up against a potentially nine, maybe even a ten win team from the SWAC. That's how uh that's how that all plays out or could play out. Now yeah. Over in the SWAC, what we've got, obviously, we've got our top three. And and now, originally, I said it was a four-team race. Well, I think it's down to a three-team. I think there are three three power teams two, in this conference. It's really two and a half with two weeks to, with two weeks to go. No, no. I, I think there are three power teams in this conference. Do you agree or disagree? But the race is down to two, two teams. I, well, I'm not worried about the race. I mean, the race, the races, I'm just saying in terms of power teams in this conference, there are three Correct. teams. And let's I not, let's not discount it because look, I, Jackson state, <laughs> a 21 Oh fourth quarter to beat Texas Southern. Um, and Jackson State has two tough games remaining. The thing about uh, Southern, Southern, Southern has, has won and lost every other game this year. They have not won two games in a row. They have not lost two games in a row. So you know what's coming this week. The, the, it, that would be a win against Jackson State. The, that, this is a theory. winning week. This is a winning week if you go by that theory. And the one thing that Southern does well is the one thing that Jackson State has been getting killed killed by the last couple of weeks. That's the run game. And that's the run game. Uh, now, for whatever reason, well, let's just say there is a legitimate reason, but Southern went away from the run against Florida A&M, which when Southern is up, I think they were up at 1.17 to 10. They should have been running the ball way more than they were. They were gashing Florida A&M early. Um, they got away from the run. Even when it was a 2017 ball game, <coughs> Southern went away from the run. Um, that game plan won't work against Jackson State. That's the one thing I give credit to Texas Southern. I went back and watched a little bit of that game. Uh, Texas Southern stayed with the run. Even though it was more of an option form, or RPO, with Andrew Body, they stayed consistent with the run. Um, and, you know, for Jackson State, they have no field goal kicker. Their field goal kicker missed two field goals early, missed an extra point. So uh, that's that's an area of weakness right now for Jackson State is the field goal unit. And so the, the run defense – is where you can exploit them if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> but um, I, I, I got to talk about Coach Prime with the with the field goal kick. Okay. As 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 a as a player who played at Florida State, he should, of all people should know you need a a kicker because how many times did Florida State go wide right or wide left? Well. And it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help that one. I couldn't help it. You couldn't help it. Yeah. Hey, and the kicker, well, and the kicker, the kicker from uh, Jackson State, his two, his two missed field goals went wide left. Yes. Yeah. So, so. but uh, but no, seriously, get back to it though. Jackson State has got to solve run, the run game because 
even even if Prairie View uh, comes out the West, which in all likelihood they will at this point, Prairie View has a very good run game also, which could give Jackson State some some trouble. You know, a South Carolina State team coming out of the MEAC if they were to be in the Celebration Bowl would give Jackson State some trouble. A North Carolina Central team would give Jackson State some trouble. The team out of the BAC that they probably would match up well against style-wise would be Norfolk State. So mm-hmm. just something to keep about uh, keep in mind when you talk about Jackson State. And uh, we talked about on that website, Protect Your Homecoming, Preview almost got caught in a uh, in a situation. Yes, it was homecoming, but this was a potential trap game for Preview this particular week, uh, trailing 20 to 10 at halftime against mm-hmm. Alabama State before they were able to come back and score 14 points in the second half to protect their homecoming. Wasn't it the fourth quarter where they needed those four, where they got those 14 points? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've got and, three schools, three schools there that are on six game winning streaks, Jackson State, Florida A&M, and Prairie View all have won six games in a row. Of course, Jackson State, Prairie View are 6-0 in the conference. Um, I know that's one of the things I heard Doc talk about uh, this morning is that uh, I don't think that you have had two unbeaten teams in conference play playing in the SWAC championship game. I think, I think, uh, I think that's something that he mentioned. So, that's what's on the line for Preview and Jackson State if they can remain unbeaten. And they definitely have some tough contests ahead of them. I mean, Prairie View's obviously they're traveling to Alcorn State Saturday. Jackson State uh, travels to Southern. So right. those will be the two feature matchups. Uh, I do think the FAMU UAPB game will be interesting as FAMU is now playing their fourth road game in five weeks. Including three in a row and UAPB coming out their first conference. I heard heard you say that. It it hadn't been three in a row. I'm not really sure where you, where you haven't, they haven't done three in a row. It's that's right. Homecoming. I'm sorry. I forgot about homecoming. Yes. Right. It's, it's four of the last five weeks. <clears throat> will be on the road. And then, of course, um, another fun game will be Texas Southern Alabama A&M. It really doesn't have a stake in, you know, the standings. But in terms of points, I think that that'll be a fun game because we've seen Texas Southern put up 59 on somebody. Uh, we, we know Alabama A&M can score. So that'll be a fun game. Bethune-Cookman travels to Grambling. You know, uh, Bethune, let's talk about, hey, congratulations to Coach Sims and the Wildcats (laughs) for getting their first win of the season with the 35-31 victory over Alcorn. Um, You know, that's that's another tough loss two weeks in a row for the Braves. Uh, Two road trips in a row. And, And the road, the traveling has caught up to them, and, and so to speak. And, and and for Bethune, look, here's a Bethune team that they've played, when you look at their win-losses, they have 
they they played Prairie View within a field goal. Um, they they lost by six to Mississippi Valley State. They lost by a touchdown to South Carolina State. You know, they lost by a field goal to Alabama A&M. So, I mean, that's four, what, four or five games that they were one or two plays. Yeah, one one possession, one or two plays from flipping and turning into uh, a positive, uh, possibly a win. So even though they're one and eight, they could very well be uh, three and five, four and four, four and five, something to that effect, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, Brian, you, you, you got a minute to play this game that we played on Doc Show this morning with me. I heard, I heard this. Yeah. I heard this. Yes, go ahead. All right. Either but hold on, hold on. Both. I'm going to call you out on something. I'm going to call you out on something because you okay. play this game, and then I heard your closing. I heard your closing take where I'm like, Drew, you're telling you're telling fans. To hey, slow your roll, but then you play a game like this. So let's let the okay. game play right. out. Let me talk about that. It's not that you you question the thing, but if you read some of these chat boards and the way people are questioning this, if you leave it strictly to performance and wins and losses, I don't have a problem with that. I'm on some of these message boards, Facebook groups, Twitter groups, and stuff like that, where people are making it personal. Keep it professional. Keep it about wins and losses and what's occurring on the line and the recruiting and things like that. But when these fans, alums, and everything else are taking personal shots at uh, at these coaches with the names that they're calling them and the garbage, and if you've seen some – you see these shirts and memes and stuff like that. That's going too far. Hey, fan that is was short whole for what? With that. Fan is short for what? Fanatic. Let's never forget that. Never forget that. Fan uh, is short for fanatic. All right, what's the game? Play. Let's go play the game. For anyone who wasn't listening either, this morning. Either, neither, or both. Either, neither, either, or, neither both. or both. Okay. I need you to tell me, and I'm going to change it up for you since you heard it this morning. Okay. If. <laughs> <laughs> if Broderick Fobbs and or Jason Rollins will still be the coach of their respective teams, the question originally this morning was for the Bayou Classic. Now I'm going to change it up. Will they still be the coach of their respective teams on SWAT Championship Day? Meaning they they may possibly get let, but could potentially get let go before the SWAC championship uh, game. Either, neither, or both. Um, I'm going to say uh, either, meaning one of them could very well be let go midweek or a day or two following the Bayou Classic. Um, I don't think... I think I don't think Coach Rollins. I don't think they'll come off the interim tag. I think they'll give him a chance to apply for the position along with other candidates that they'll bring in. Five Coach Fobbs is a question mark only from the standpoint of. I'm just going to throw this out here. They've lost two in a row. <coughs> Excuse me. 
should they, if they were to somehow lose to Bethune and compile it with a loss to Southern, you could see a change. But, but, uh, I, I, Two wins, I think Coach Fobbs is purely safe. Uh, but I don't think so for Coach Rollins. I, I, I think they will begin the search process uh, the Tuesday, might even be the Monday after the Bayou Classic. And that's win or loss at Southern. All right. Now, I, I, I got a new one for you since you heard that one this morning. Two schools in the SWAT, one with a new athletic director, one with the interim athletic director, Fred McNair and Coach Sims at at Bethune. And I bring up McNair because I have been reading some diff, different groups that are saying McNair needs to, uh, you know, they need to part ways with McNair. I don't think so. Wow. But I, 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 I it, it made me think of the question. With a new athletic director coming in, Athletic directors like to bring in their own people. Is this a possibility of a person going? And then Sims down at Bethune with a new athletic director and Reggie Theus there at Bethune. Is that are those two people either, neither or both, right? I say neither, and here's why. For Coach Sims, let's not forget his athletic director is also the basketball coach. And it's his first year, Reggie Theus we're talking about. The worst thing that Reggie Theus would want to have to deal with right now is a football coaching search uh, because that is a big task. That is a tall undertaking, even at Bethune-Cookman. And I think Terry Sims has handled the adversity of everything that's happened. Honestly, I think Bethune should be begging Terry Sims to stay another year because I, I will not be surprised if Terry Sims is looking, especially if I'm just going to say this, the Southern job comes open. I don't know, but I, I, Terry Sims would be a candidate. If I'm Southern, if I'm on the Southern search committee, um, I would be reaching out to coach Sims um, and see engaging his interest. There's more stability at Southern than there is at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, uh, Alabama Bethune, State has Bethune lost every significant coach over the last Alabama, Yeah, Alabama State team. is also going to be looking for a head coach. I would be reaching out to Coach Sims as well. Um, I, didn't Coach Sims come from Alabama State as a coordinator? I, be, I believe. I don't know. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just throwing that out there. So, I mean, that is a, that is a good man, good coach. I'm fine with doing, I'm begging him to stay, begging him. I'm like, please don't leave. If you're thinking about leaving, don't leave. We appreciate you. Uh, we need you to stay with us. We'll get it fixed. Reggie Theus doesn't want that as he's trying to deal with coaching basketball as well. Okay, not this year. So, McNair. Now, I'm, I'm curious to talk to uh, Charles Edmonds, and I'll, I'll reach out. I'm sure I'll have a conversation with him during the week. I would love to get a feel for what the McNair name means in at Alcorn State. Uh, because what he's done at Alcorn, um, he's an Alcornite. His family, yes. uh, his brother, his cousin, his nephews, his children, 
or Alkanites. I mean, that's in their blood. So this is not a situation like Rod Reed, who who spent a decade at Tennessee State and really never got over the hump in the OVC. We're talking about a man who, <coughs> excuse me, won the won the West what six years in a row, won the SWAT uh, what two years in a row. Uh, you you can't you can't go away from that because of he won the East. He the East Brian. I'm sorry, the East <coughs> administrative issues in the spring caused you to have to play most of your schedule on the road this year. That's not his fault. So I, I, I'm going to say neither. Okay. Now, now last question I want to ask about these, uh, the coach issues in the swag. We've already know we have one open. Give me an over under on the number of coaching job changes. That could be a coach going from one school to another and which would lead to another uh opening or so that's one way uh that, that you can have opening obviously the coach could get let go uh and resign or or be or be terminated so just give me a number over under number of new coaches that we have in the swag next year we already know we're going to have at least one um if I told you three and a half, you might laugh. But as I'm looking down the roster, uh, I would set the number at, ooh, I, I would safely say two and a half, but I'm more likely to say I'm setting at three and a half. So if if I if I was if I was a if I wanted even money on both sides, I'd set it at two and a half. Three. Okay. Because I think there could be three. There might even be four openings uh at the end of the year. Just uh just a thought based on based on our conversation, what we're seeing, and just some of the rumblings, I think there could be three to four. All right. <coughs> All right. I'm done I'm done playing the game. Your 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 party gifts will be in the mail. All right, let's take a break so I can get some hot tea so we can finish up this show. We got some basketball to talk about, Drew. Starting the basketball season is right upon us, and uh, we just want to let people know what's upcoming. So uh, stay tuned. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. We'll be back in just a moment. Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy. 
squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. And, you know, as I mentioned, uh, the Division I level uh, basketball season is kicking off. And, you know, unlike last year where they pushed the start of the season back to Thanksgiving, no, the true start of the season is early November. Uh, right around the first full week of November. And, you know, that that uh, that's the true start. Now, the NAIA and Division II start up a week or two beforehand. But, they actually uh, start the last week of October. Last week in October, yeah. So Yeah, Division II, I think, the first, of no, first week in November. Right, right, exactly. So um, let's just say we've already got some Division II teams pushing – one double eight or one eight. What 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 do I want to say? This division two pushing division one teams. Um, I we had Miles College that uh, did an exhibition game. Now, okay, so just so you know, when a division one team is playing a division two team, it's an exhibition game. Doesn't count for the if, division. If it's one before team. that division one start date, yes, you're correct. Right, which and then the start date is um, Tuesday, I believe. Tuesday. The start date is Tuesday. So any Division One game played before that exhibition game, but Division Two schools are already playing games. Most of them, yes. some of them, you know. Now, case in point, Miles College, Golden Bears, they have not played a regular season game yet. Their first contest was an exhibition game against Kentucky Friday night in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, in Rupp Arena. And I tell you what, man, they gave Kentucky all they wanted. They pushed Kentucky to the point where I believe they had a lead at the half. Uh, they had, yes, Miles had a 46 to 39 lead um, and ended up losing the contest 80 to 71 as they were only able to uh, muster 25 points in the second half. Kentucky scored just two points better than what they had, but uh, points off turnovers. Uh, I'm just kind of doing a stat chase here. Uh, Kentucky 
in the paint, outscored Miles 36 to 18. Um, points off turnovers, Kentucky 26 to 17. Just trying to see. Usually, when you get a lead like that, Drew, you can say, okay, well, how did, why was the smaller school able to stay in the ball game? Miles shot 15 of 30. Yes, there you go. Three point shooting. They were, Miles shot 15 of 30 from the three point line. Uh, do the math. That's 50%. That's ridiculous. I mean, that is outrageous. So, and they shot that's 75 of their 70 some odd points. Well, they shot 73% in the first half. The second half, it was a little bit tougher as they uh, only shot 26% in the second half. Yeah. But let, let me tell you something about a Fred Watson coach team. Uh, Fred Watson, the head coach at Biles, former head coach at Benedict College. Fred Watson will have his teams prepared for, for victory. He, he is an excellent recruiter. Fred Watson will have a older player or two out there playing for him. Why do I mention that? On the Division One level, most of these teams, especially your elite team, they're, they're mostly freshmen and a few sophomores because you have a lot of one-and-dones. They build a roster, right, get a bunch of freshmen in, build a team, and they have to build a new team every year. Watson has gone out. He'll, he'll get a junior college player. He'll get a kid who has sat out of school a year or two. So you're talking about 22, 23-year-old, 24-year-olds playing against 17, 18-year-olds. Well, Brian, you know a 24-year-old body is much more mature than a 17, 18-year-old body. That's why teams like that can compete given the right situation and the right blend of talent. So, no, it doesn't surprise me. Did you see the one on the women's side, Brian, though? I knew that's where you're going to transition. Yes, I did see that as well. I'll let you, I'll let you have that one. Uh, Friday night, Tuskegee Golden Tigers traveled up the road to uh, the, the uh, Dunn-Reed Aquadome and defeated Albany, uh, Albany State, Alabama State, by a bucket there, uh, returning SIC. Well, she was an SIC player, but she was BCSN player of the year, Ashila Jackson, le- leading the way. And also, first teamer, BCSN first teamer, India Blakely, leading the way for the Golden Tigers of Tuskegee. Yeah, Jackson had 18 uh, on 7 of 15 shooting with seven boards, uh, Blakely, 16 points, five of 11 from the field, eight boards, and six assists. Now, noticeably missing from um, Alabama State that night was uh, Shamaya Ward. Um, Although uh, Ayana Manuel, (coughs) excuse me, did play. Uh, she had 19 points and six rebounds for Alabama State. Jayla Crawford had 25 points for Alabama State on eight of 10 from the field. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a good win for Tuskegee to open up their season. And of course, again, it's an exhibition game, 
for uh, for uh, Alabama State. So just to set up what's up ahead, okay? So, again, uh, the full season starts Tuesday, November 9th. Um, and just kind of as I was bouncing around looking at the schedule, uh, of course, a lot of HBCUs are playing road games. You know, uh, first night out the box on Tuesday the 9th in the MEAC. Uh, looks like everybody is playing. Uh, everybody's playing. Uh, you've got a few teams now. For example, Howard is hosting District of Columbia, Morgan State is hosting St. Mary's of Maryland. Delaware State is hosting somebody. Norfolk State is hosting somebody. But those are like <clears throat> probably Division Two or Division Three schools. Um, you do have South Carolina State traveling to East Carolina. Uh, Central traveling to Richmond. Coppin State to Loyola, Chicago. And uh, Maryland Eastern Shore traveling to St. Joe's. I thought it was interesting, Drew, that on thought what day it is here. I think it's Friday. No. Saturday the 12th, Tennessee State is traveling to Norfolk State on Saturday the 13th. Actually, Tennessee State has an interesting regular season schedule of opening schedule because they travel to Alabama A&M on Tuesday. Uh, to take on uh, Alabama A&M in Huntsville. Then they host or play Norfolk State on Saturday, the 13th. And then Tennessee State has a game against Fisk uh, the following week. But uh, I'm trying to just look and see if any of them are playing ranked teams. North Carolina Central travels to Memphis on Saturday, the 13th. Memphis is ranked 12th in the country. Coppin State travels to UConn. UConn is ranked 12th in the country. <clears throat> That's on Friday. Um, if you want to look up the women's schedule, Drew, while I go through the SWAC here. Uh, the SWAC, everybody plays on Tuesday, to no- November 9th in the SWAC, except Florida A&M. Their season starts on the 10th. But... Uh, Everybody's on the road. Well, of course, other than Tennessee State hosting Alabama A&M, everybody else is on the road. Uh, Texas Southern travels to number 13, Oregon. Jackson State travels to number 11, Illinois. Southern travels to Louisville. Prairie View travels to St. Mary's. Uh, Alcorn travels to Washington State. Uh, Those are all, that's the opening day. And then, of course, uh, FAMU travels to Kentucky State on Wednesday, November 10th. Alabama State travels to Vanderbilt. Um, Let's see. Saturday, the 13th, Prairie View travels to Michigan, number six, Michigan. Um, So that's, uh, you know, again, a lot of these games – you will get a chance to see on ESPN Plus, ESPN Three, Big Ten Network, stuff like that. What's it look like over on the women's side, Drew? Starting off with uh, 
with Tennessee State since you started with them. Their women will be taking on Fisk on Tuesday in Nashville at at 530 uh, local time there in in Nashville. Switch it over to the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Uh, some early interesting games. Central, North Carolina Central goes to Illinois. Uh, Howard Houston, and these are games that are occurring on on Tuesday. Some other, uh, let's see, some other name games. Cop in the South. That's an interesting game. Shawan uh, travels to Norfolk, South Carolina State, Old Dominion. Certainly, let's see. Morgan State will get get to travel to Palo Alto, California on Thursday to take on Stanford. So uh, that one will be another interesting matchup. Form, uh, former SI, excuse me, BAC foes, Hampton and Delaware State will be playing on this, this Thursday also. That's another game of note. Uh, HBCU on HBCU matchup with Saturday, Claflin at Maryland Eastern Shore. That game is in Maryland. And uh, hosted at Maryland Eastern Shore. And on Sunday, Norfolk State will be traveling to Ohio State, Columbus, Ohio. Morgan State will travel to Columbia, Missouri to take on the University of Missouri. Central takes on Appalachian State. That's a, that's another interesting game that we're looking at on the uh, women's side. On in the in the SWAC, wait, let me get my schedule to pop up. Of course, we got. Alcorn travels to Barquette on, on Tuesday. Alabama State goes to Mississippi State. Texas Southern DePaul. Jackson State travels to uh, Coral Gables to take on Miami. I would, I would love to see that uh, matchup right there. Jackson yeah. State uh, is as good of a team as they've had in the, uh, in the past. HBCU matchup. Paul Quinn will travel to Prairie View on Tuesday. A uh, couple of games on Wednesday. Our friend Charmaine Wilson down at Ever Waters travels back to uh, where she formerly coached at to take on Bethune on Wednesday at 5 o'clock. Big miss by Bethune. Often her that job, if she even applied for it. I, let, me not, let me not start anything, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's leave that I'm sure they're very happy. I'm sure they're very happy with the coach they have. Let me, let me say that. Yeah. A&M travels to uh, Cincinnati on uh, on Wednesday. Thursday, Southern chose Texas A&M. Alabama State goes to South Florida. Prairie goes to Nebraska. FAMU travels to Troy. Friday, Arkansas Pine Bluff travels to Arkansas. Bethune travels down to Miami on Friday. So it looks like Miami playing a couple HBCUs to uh to start off with. And Sunday, Bethune travels to Florida Atlantic, Mississippi Valley travels to uh to Mississippi. Something of note, Brian, that I want you to take a uh take a look at is this Friday and Saturday on the division two level, both on the men's and the women's side, the the GSC, the Gulf South Conference will be playing a crossover with the SIAC 
And the one thing that I have noticed about this is the SIAC is hosting both on the men's side and the women's side. They'll be playing two different locations. Uh, two SIAC East teams will play two Gulf South East teams, and the same thing will happen on the west side. Take a look at those matchups. We'll start on the on the men's side. Uh, Shorter College travels travels to Lane on Friday. Union excuse, Tuskegee travels to Union. Excuse me, Tuskegee plays Union at Lane. That's what that's what it is. I've got that uh, incorrect. So Lane is the host. Shorter and Lane Tuskegee Union. That's on. That's on Friday, and then those two teams will flip flop on Saturday, with Tuskegee taking on Shorter and Union taking on on Lane. Also, Friday, West Florida will travel and take on Fort Valley in Fort Valley, and the second game in Fort Valley is Valdosta State taking on. Clark Atlanta and then Saturday those two teams will uh will flip flop. On on the on the women's side and you're talking have, about you're talking about this uh upcoming Saturday, November thirteenth, correct? Correct. Friday and Saturday, this this weekend coming up. Okay. On the women's side, we have Delta State traveling to Tuskegee. On Friday night, along with Mississippi College, taking on Lemoyne Lemoyne on. So that that game will be happening on the uh, on the women's side. And Saturday, those two teams will will flip flop, where Mississippi College will take on Tuskegee. And uh, one last one, Drew. Delta State will take on Lemoyne on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to give a little more detail uh, about some of the preseason selections and honors. Uh, one of the, you know, I'd encourage you, you know, to uh, to check out the conference web pages and uh, start familiarizing yourself with the schedule. Uh, we will do our best to get us caught up because we've been so focused in on football that uh, you know I hate to say basketball got lost in the shuffle, but you know it's uh, it's here so. Uh, we'll have to do our best to catch up. All right, Drew, we got to get out of here. Make way for uh, BJ Jones and uh, his show that'll be coming up. Uh, we we got to let him know when we're going to let the rankings out, Brian, since we didn't have time to get to those today. Uh, we will drop the rankings. Uh, let's drop them Tuesday. We'll drop, drop the rankings Tuesday. Tuesday along with players of the week on Tuesday. So be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1 is where you can find it, and we will drop it and tweet it out. All right, that's going to do it for this show. Coming up next, make sure to stay tuned for uh, Inside HBCU Football with BJ Jones, and I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about. I know he said he had some guests coming on, uh, so that'll be an interesting show, and uh, that's going to do it. So for AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. You've been watching a BCSN Sports Wrap. Thanks for your time tonight. Good night. God bless.